Welcome. Fancy new technology given to me by the government. My big brain makes me so attractive. I want to read through Lord of the Rings. I haven't yet. I, I feel kind of ashamed. Thanks for stopping by. I just heard Caleb flailing around with his tongue. Do this or I'll kill you. It's like you were going to kill me anyway. You're an executioner. To see. Brian has ascended. He is a god. What's up? They would say, oh, you think you're cute? Well, I think this bullet's also pretty cute. Pow! In Brian's attic. Or do we need to whip ourselves and cry? Hey, Bobby, step up. Boom! Bobby's head falls on the floor. You can really download it. You can really download it. <laughs> you can really download it. Hello. Andrew. World. Yes, I'm Andrew. What, what are we doing, Andrew? He's wearing a very tight-fitting shirt today. Where are we? Looking super... Oh, wait, on. who's that? Are super those our listeners? Why don't Whoa, you tell them hello, two Andrew? Of them. I know you can't see it, guys, but Andrew's shirtless right now. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. And he's going to be doing to Brian's ASMR. Attic, the show where Brian thinks the world is a happy place, and everyone can work together to solve problems. And Caleb and I mercilessly beat him down by refusing to agree on anything. I'm Andrew, and these, these uh, with me are the aforementioned Caleb and Brian. Welcome, everybody. Hi, I'm Brian. I'm Squidward. So, Squidward, I think, I think you said you had a topic for us relating to movies. Could you, could you talk more about that? Yes, I wanted to talk about the perfect movie. What do you guys think makes a perfect movie? Andrew. I was actually going to offer Caleb to go first, but sure, I'll go first. Um, personally, I'm not sure if I could ever adequately answer this question of what makes a perfect movie, but I do think that what would undoubtedly be a component of a good movie would be uh, the timeliness of its message or of its story elements. So for instance, there was a movie that was made in 1970. It was called uh, Colossus, like the Forbin Project, named because one of the the, the main character in the movie is a guy named Dr. Like Charles Forbin or something. His he name's not Colossus. No, he's not. Uh, the, he's the lead uh, scientist in this uh, top secret government project to create a, a missile defense system that would be like autonomous. So it's like AI. Um, and this was, of course, this is during the Cold War. And the idea was that in, in the case of, you know, people who weren't weren't able to be on standby and weren't able to to correctly suss out whatever necessary procedures were, were needed to be implemented, uh, this this AI called Colossus would be able to uh, defend the nation in the absence of any any human uh, presence. So they're able to uh, successfully create the AI in a base that's like underneath a mountain. Skynet. And it's, uh, it's actually protected by like its own missile defense system. And it's also, it's basically impossible to, to notice from like overhead satellites. So because it's impossible to detect and it's, it's like practically impregnable once it is detected, there's no danger of Colossus ever being, you know, dismantled or taken offline. So when they, when they like announce that Colossus is online and, uh, they, they, they kind of like plug, they, they kind of hook it up, you know? The first message it ever sends is there is another machine. Oh, there's another. And so they, they, they realize that the Soviets have their own version of this. They've just completed also. But the, the Soviets one is called Guardian. 
And over the course of the movie, uh, Colossus kind of makes it clear that he's, he's, he, I say he, that it is like planning to, to rule not just America, but the world. And it's doing this like in tandem with Guardian. And they, they kind of like merge at some point in the movie and they become like the, the same entity practically. It even like orders the deaths of different uh, like scientists and people who are trying to like s stop uh, Colossus and Guardian from, from ruling the world. And there's this really interesting point, and this is basically at the end of the movie. Uh, the last, like, lines are from, are, are from Colossus to, like, this, this, this Forbin guy. And from Wikipedia, it says, Colossus says, In time, you will come to regard me not only with respect and awe, but with love. And I think that's definitely that represents the the whole film really represented the fear that humans had of this kind of impersonal arbiter who could not be a who was not who was unaccountable. And yet everyone was accountable to it. Uh, I would definitely not put Colossus in the running for the perfect movie. Uh, but I definitely think that its themes were very timely of during a time of what what felt like extreme uh, repression and totalitarianism of expressing that that theme through film and kind of warning us against that kind of idea of giving one person this indomitable political power, because that would inevitably transfer uh, that would, would, would carry over to other aspects of life. Oh, he, he's just here to here to defend us. Well, now he's now he's in, in charge of us and he's kind of calling all the shots. And if you disagree with him, he has you executed. So I definitely think that's a timely film uh, and a timely theme. And I think timeliness of theme is uh, an invaluable component of a film. To have a film that has a theme that, you know... Uh, that's interesting that you wouldn't say timelessness. Well, that's yeah, basically I what I said, right? Timelessness? No, you said timeliness, well, well, time, which timely is theme, applicable I, to I think... the time at which it was made. Well, yeah, okay, how about this? Uh, applicable to every time. Is, it's that, applicable what... regardless well, yeah, of these. I would, so so yeah. I, I misused a word, but the point is... The point is so it's, it's you are saying it is timeless. It, yes, it's a timeless It's applicable theme. to every yeah. time. Well, I, it, that, that's okay. what I thought. I agree with meant. both. I agree with both ideas, though. Like because if you have a film that's like basically you watch that film and then you're brought back to the era it was made in, just because I didn't say know, the I didn't say time. I didn't say films that weren't timeless are bad. I just said they they couldn't be in the running for perfect. I I think well, I agree I, with that. I believe the I, I believe the emotions from the film have to be in in kind of like the. I guess it could be representative of the time and take you back to the time it was made in, but it also, like like you guys said, the I would agree that the emotions have to be, and the way it makes you feel as a viewer have to basically transcend that. They have to go further than that. I would also argue that great films have to transcend their own genre a little bit, um, because there's a lot of Western films, but only a few of the Western films that were made are ones that still are considered to be the greats, and so you have to transcend transcend the genre. You just described it. So, so yeah, Caleb. Genre. Caleb, what do you consider? Well, I'll phrase it kind of as a: What are the components of a perfect film? Like, what what for sure contributes? What do you think are the necessary components of a perfect film? Um, and and Christopher Nolan as director. It has to. Well, every. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, what is a movie that you consider a perfect film or comes close? Because I'm okay with the opinion that you don't think a perfect film could exist. It, it's it's I that think Zulu. Un I already unreachable talked about it in the ideal. Podcast. 
because it had a goal to set out it was basically to show the horrors zulu it was to show the horrors of war and basically how men can be uh filled or you know valiant in the face of in the face of like ridiculous odds and it set out to do that and it did it I, i think that films that try to be everything and wear too many hats are rarely successful but oftentimes the best pieces of cinema are films that like you know ha- have a niche and they fulfill that to the best of their ability. I think that you just said that like the perfect movie would have to transcend cluttered. genre. Now you're saying yeah, it has to like fill a niche? No, no, it trans it transcends its own while genre, filling its niche. But yeah, so it's in a niche. Pardon my confusion. Right? So it's a western film. It's a western film, but it's also you you could say like a film's a western film, but it's also like the best of the Western films, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But it doesn't try to not be a Western film. It doesn't try to be a Western sci-fi thriller. Oh, you mean like you Cowboys know, and Aliens? combo you want to throw. Yeah, yeah, like that'll be fun, but that won't be like phenomenal or great. It, it would take a very well-written so, script and a very good director in order to make those one of the best films. So it has to be... So are, are you saying it has genre, to be like the epitome of its genre, but it has to appeal, but it has to appeal to a wider audience than just the genre that no, it fills? No, because I feel like whenever you try to appeal too broad of an audience, then the film's not great. I figure that's probably what you meant by transcending its genre. No, I mean, it's not about the overall appeal, I would say. Like, like, but what does transcending Marvel films are appealing, but they're not the best. It means being the best of your genre. It doesn't mean that most people who are invested in your genre are going to like it. To transcend it, means know? to go above something. The idea of transcending for a human would be to become something that's more than human, and so thus is not human any longer. To apply it to films, at least in terms of genre, it would mean you couldn't place it in a genre if you say it transcends I thought genre. that statement transcending genre was actually pretty insightful with Andrew's definition there, uh, just because it's good for its genre. You know, like like say Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark is mm-hmm. pretty, as close as it, it is an now. adventure movie, but it's such a good adventure movie. It does what it is supposed to do so well that it has features that can appeal to people that don't care for adventure movies. I guess what I was trying to say, and though, just like transcending so its genre is how is, I understood it. it. The thing is, it can't do that on like, for example, like a, a Marvel film like Shang-Chi. It tries to appeal to the like the lowest common denominator. So there's a way you can be appealing to everybody without setting out to appeal to everybody. And that's what I was right, trying to say. Right. You know, you know, you're, you're not you're not going to be the best, uh, you know, historical biography by also trying to appeal to the superhero crowd mm-hmm. though i could see how that could cross yep. over a little bit so my my <laughs> definition which is about as generic as you can get was in in three words i would say a perfect movie is a, a movie that has congruency of purpose and by that mm-hmm. i mean the story acting editing cinematography music sound design which is different from music setting mm-hmm. costumes and set design and whatever else is involved in making a movie. Tenet had all of that except the sound and design. All just kidding. Adequately I, I just, <laughs> and adequately here is sufficiently, not to to its nth degree. Adequately contribute to the vision of the film. Mm-hmm. So a film is made with a specific purpose. So would you say that's an extension of the director, what he wants yeah. the vision to be, or just yeah. everybody? I, I yeah. think I think there is value to authorial intent. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, uh, unfortunately, I've got four movies that came to mind. It's kind of weird that because they are very wide ranging films. Uh, and I, yes, I'm cheating by choosing four. 
these are the first four that came to mind. I think the one that com- might come closest is It's a Wonderful Life. No, that's a phenomenal. Phenomenal. Film. Oddly enough, I don't remember any music from that film. So the point being that it doesn't necessarily have to be perfection in every one of those instances. Because like I said, I I don't mind uh, I don't mind saying there is no such thing as a perfect film. The perfect film mm-hmm. that has this congruency of purpose that I'm talking about is a a an endless ideal that every movie is pressing toward well i would not say that every movie is pressing towards it because some specifically focus on certain things you could say that some movies intentionally neglect some of these features and so as a result of that it's contributing like uh no country for old men has no music but that's an Mm -hmm. intentional choice not to have music so you could still say that the music quote unquote is contributing to the vision of the film in the way that it's intended other movies i've got on my short list here are uh emperor's new groove night uh oh i agree groundhog day and the dark knight i knew the dark knight was gonna be on there it's like it's arguably (laughs) the most perfect christopher nolan film it's certainly the one that i hear people complain about the least (laughs) oh i i forgot the prestige could maybe be up there i don't i I don't remember the music much from that though that that made me think like inception almost um, made the list my, I guess my question would be, can a film be the perfect popcorn film, right? Like I mean, one that's not a, a perfect thing, film, right? but you love watching it anyway? No, no, no. But I mean, like, the quintessential popcorn film. I don't know what that like, means. There's movies that, basically, a film that causes pure enjoyment. Oh, I got, I got, I have a film I completely forgot about. Mad Max Fury Road. Like, like movie. Shawshank Redemption could be the perfect film. Yeah. Shawshank but you're Redemption not gonna, would be one. You're not going to eat popcorn for it. It's not your no, pure no, enjoyment Mad- film. Andrew, I know you're skeptical of it, but Mad Max Fury Road meets your definition. There was a there was a unity of vision. Everything. The the That wasn't my uh, definition. The way the movie was shot. I know, but I'm saying according to Brian's definition, I would put Mad Max Fury Road in that category because the way it was I've shot not seen Mad Max, the way it Mad was Max filmed, Fury Road. Well, we it's need to watch my that list. film. I've watched it like I know my cousin. I, one I would of them say loves that. Like continues he, is, he he keeps renting it over and over again. And he's like, I just need to buy it at some point <laughs> i bought it. It, it it it's like to me that is the best action film i've ever seen in my life and i think that it what transformers it, isn't it, what revenge of the fallen yeah oh, great oh, film the transformers the 2 one, I, I no think. i think that's the second one or two two with the pyramids yeah great film shia labeouf no but let let me explain mad max fury road the the action is well thought out it's not just like you know jump cuts it's like they they linger on the vehicular man manslaughter and brutality of it the world is well established the script tom hardy's face is covered well that's the thing that's the beauty of it there's the script there's not much dialogue but that's the purpose it was like you said leaving things out it was intentionally not meant to be a film that focuses on that aspect it's a wasteland. Like, what are people going to talk about besides surviving, you know? And basically, we need to get more fuel to make it to this next location. Um, the sound editing is amazing. There's something appealing like, to the idea of, you know, a simplicity of vision. You know, say, well, I was going to say, uh, The Last Jedi is a simplicity of vision in the fact that the basic premise is that it's a very slow car chase. But uh, I would not say it's a perfect, um, <laughs> like, 
That like the idea that the entire movie, well, okay, aside from Canto Bite, but the entire movie takes place <laughs> over the course of this like short interval of time. You know, it's not your James Bond where they're traveling all over the place and yeah, uh, it's not a globe trotting. Right, right. Um, I was gonna say too, like the they basically have the uh, Fury Road does the idea of like basically like the the silent hero. Or the Mad Max film, films in general, like the, well, the silent I would call the, the Mel who... Gibson one, because I did watch that one. Uh, it starts out with him not really talking much. Uh, I, the one I watched mm-hmm. was the Thunderdome one. Oh, wow. I've never seen three. I've only seen one, two, I think and the then the third Fury one might Road. be the only one I've watched. I'm, I'm not, it might have been the only one available. But I guess I, don't know. I guess I would say Shawshank Redemption would be on my list as well. Um, that was the only movie that I've ever liked. Not a popcorn like, film, I don't think. No, not for popcorn film. I'm talking about like... It was movies, very good. I would say the closest. Like I, I got extremely emotional when I was watching it, and it takes a lot for me to like get emotional watching films. Like um, I don't think that a film, in order for a film to be amazing, it has to bring you to the Tears. emotion of like weeping. But uh, it's a wonderful you know, life, as that. For example, like, but I do think it has to. That brings the point. I do think that if you're talking about the perfect film, it has to evoke some sort of emotion. Like there was points when I was watching Mad Max Fury Road where I was just like. The guy like, with the flaming is... guitar in the front of the truck. <laughs> no, but like I was super excited and like like on the edge of my seat to see what happened next. Like to the, to the, the emotion uh, of excitement, you know, and intrigue. excitement. You know, whereas Shawshank Redemption, it was like very contemplative, and I got more emotional because of the somber, you know, happy ending, melancholy ending of the, the end of the uh, film. Of course, there's some honorable mentions as far as perfect films go. Uh, I know a lot of people would consider Blade Runner 2049, uh, Saving Private I love Ryan. Blade Runner 2049. Some of these movies are movies, like some movies that would be considered perfect films, I haven't seen. I haven't seen Blade Runner 2049. I've seen Pro- Saving Private Ryan, but it was a while ago. And uh, I mean, it's definitely up there as far as war films go. Oh, I have like, another one. 19, it was uh, really uh, good. But I don't watch a lot of war films. 19, 1915. 1917. Uh, i wouldn't say hacksaw ridge was the best uh war film i've ever seen but it was up there as far as war films are concerned all right that i have seen let's see if we can do this in about five minutes that might be plenty of time i don't know what if you had to choose what would be your favorite film and that's a different question from well, that was easy for Caleb. Sorry. Uh, I, I can watch it repeatedly. Mad Max um, Fury Road. Either that or, and as far as my personal favorite, I guess my guilty pleasure would be the original Guardians of the Galaxy, which I know is not like highbrow whatsoever, but it's just, it's enjoyable. I can pop it on and I, I have guaranteed enjoyment for the runtime. Like if you're talking about an ensemble superhero film, I think that's the best ensemble superhero film that's ever been done, personally, in my opinion. So... Because you don't know any of the characters at the beginning of the film, and by the end of the film, you're attached to them. You know, the Avengers films, the characters are already established, and yeah, I don't care about them nearly as much as you may. Or what I, I don't, I can't differentiate between why I care about them. Is it because I saw them in the previous films, or is it because the script was so well put together in the current film? Whereas with Guardians of the Galaxy, it's undeniable that the script was strong, because 
I actually felt emotions at the end of the film. So those would be my two. Mad Max Fury Road and Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm inclined to say The Dark my Knight. I, part of me wants to say Inception because I love all of the ideas of Inception. I've mentioned before, I don't know if I mentioned it to you guys, but Inception, I consider live action anime done well, where it has a lot of this exposition of complex ideas. Com complex, like they're, they're adequately complex, I guess. You know, there's a lot of expository dialogue which is a very anime thing but i find it does that pretty well of course that's a christopher nolan thing there's a lot of expository dialogue which i i kind of like the the philosophizing bit i love the the model the dialogue i guess in uh, interstellar between matthew mcconaughey's character and anne hathaway about love and how it's like love transcends time and space uh, you know, you, you love people who are dead. You love people who are not in the room with you, you know, and it's kind of a cool concept because what they're trying to do is they're trying to solve the problem of gravity to save humanity on earth. And gravity is that fifth dimension beyond time. It affects time and it affects, I think it affects space, at least the wormhole they travel through, which is kind of a gravitational anomaly affects space the original ending that film was supposed to be uh they can't locate the answer and everybody dies like if i remember reading that correctly but then that was scrapped <laughs> very early in production because they thought it was too dark you know movie. you know a movie is okay a part of me almost chose interstellar as a perfect movie because I think it fit Christopher Nolan's vision very well. You know, a lot of people complain about the grandfather paradox, but I feel like the grandfather paradox is part of it. That there is the... Oh, I, I explained this a number of times elsewhere to other people, but uh, I haven't mentioned it on the podcast, I don't believe. So Christopher Nolan, one of his favorite movies is 2001 A Space Odyssey, which is a weird movie. But one of the reasons he likes it is because it is an experience number one and that he thinks that the best age to first see the movie is around like 10 and 11 which was the age that he first saw the movie because in that movie you are he was when he first saw it engrossed in the visual element fascinated by what he was watching but not of the like intellectual level to really think about it too hard and so it was just a purely an experience. He wasn't trying to make sense of all the little details in the movie. And so I think Interstellar being his first space movie and has very many similar shots to 2001 A Space Odyssey in how the camera is like attached to the ship as it flies through space that some of it is an homage of sorts to 2001 A Space Odyssey and how that nonsensical grandfather paradox is part of the vision. And so I don't think it should count against the the valuation of the movie as a perfect movie. It just does a lot of things right for me. I'm curious what Andrew's... What is Andrew's favorite movie? Film. He's the one that we've Our not... favorite film. I guess it would probably be a toss-up between um, Lord of the Rings trilogy or Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy. The first three, the the other Pirates of the Caribbean films don't get in, don't get included. I would say just the the first one, maybe the second one. The, the first second one, one ends with a cliffhanger, and so it's hard to say that that should. To me, to me, again, you, we're talking you about your say, favorite. Not you can perfect. either put a, a Black Pearl, which is the first one by itself, or mm -hmm. you can say like, and you can say two and three together, but you can't say just two or just three. Like that doesn't make 
make sense. You, right. Th- th- those are those if, are intended to be a shared viewing experience. If Dead Men's Chest had a more defined ending yeah, self, instead of ending on a cliffhanger, yes. yeah, if it was more self-contained, that's it. Black Pearl is amazing. Yes, Black Pearl like, is legitimately yeah, a great like, movie. But I, 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 I would probably put, have to give it to yeah. Lord of the Rings. I almost put Lord of the Rings on, on my list of perfect movies. The the first one especially. That That's one where the music... The first in the Hobbit trilogy? Like, Battle of the Five Armies? Well, isn't that the last one in the that's, Hobbit? That is the last one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> actually, of the Hobbit movies, journey. the first one, I was actually kind of impressed by. The no, fact I, that I, they the included any songs at all from the book, I was, well, aside from the Far of the Misty Mountains, that one's kind of a given. It was in the trailer and whatnot. Uh, but any of the others, like, surprised me. But then, that's then a good choice, though, Andrew. Desolation I, of Smog. I, I like your choices. Yuck. Yeah, you just don't... Yeah, there's a lot of problems. We could have a whole podcast dedicated to poking holes in the Hobbit trilogy. Well, uh, it's, like, it's like my intention to gravity. watch the Hobbit movies with Andrew because he hasn't seen them yet, and I do... I kind of want to watch Fury Road with both of you because I know Andrew's very yeah, skeptical of I it. Would, I would totally watch like it, that. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, he doesn't like Furiosa. I, uh, that's, that's his... I don't remember even that though, being my problem, actually. E- even, th- even though Mad Max films, the whole people were like, they didn't like the fact that Furioso was um, basically like, some people were like, would well, like she's the main character. It's like Matt, Max in every Mad Max film is like the background character to his own story to a certain extent. The film is more about the uh, the action. Definitely not the case in the it, first Isn't film. it one of the, a stranger rides into town, upsets the status quo, yes, and then and leaves? Yes, it changes, but Max is, no, in the first film you follow Max, but the film's not about him, it's about the him fighting the game. Then it's about him. It's about him getting revenge. Well, I guess it's about you, Mad you Max's say... personal fight against his gang for revenge. But it's not about him. Don't worry. Don't don't make the mistake of thinking it's about you, the you character. You argue the first film is. Yeah, but and that's what I just said. Film? I said the first film. The first but film. even so, hold that. Know, it's hold more that about L. the world. No, it's no, it's the world falling apart. Film. Basically, a man's struggle to survive with the changing world. Caleb uh, cannot admit he made an incorrect point. Shame. <laughs> I didn't make an incorrect point. But yeah, That's I exactly actually do want about. to have. Oh, I didn't hear what you said. But we have to have a Fury Road watch party. Well, I want to watch The Hobbit because I actually want to have an Andrew episode. Andrew won't be able to poke holes in it because you can't poke holes in perfection. I actually want to have an episode on The Hobbit for this trilogy. later. Let's move on. Believe it or not. Thanks for watching. Or, wait, not watching. <laughs> nah, thanks for thanks listening for tuning to in to Brian's Attic. Attic. Thanks for tuning in because you are listening to this on a radio. Join us next time to see what's up <laughs> in Brian's Attic. No, we're not seeing what's up. We're gonna listen to what's up. Well, yes, I okay. Yes, I know, but you don't uh-huh. listen up. You don't see. You don't listen to what's up. Find in out what's attic. up. How about that? Well, find out what's up. Discover. Find out what's in your or attic next meta- week. As a metaphor. C, what's up? Capital Attic, what's in your attic? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of Brian's Attic. And of course, a special thank you to our Patreon supporters. If you would like to support Brian's Attic, head over to patreon.com slash Brian's Attic, or use the link in the description.